Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Peyton and Ministries. Um, major upgrade. Have you guys already figured out? Uh, my mic here. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. My mic here is now having a voice-like suppression filter, so it doesn't have my fan blasting so loudly. Um, so, like, if I go silent like this at any time throughout this recording. If it's just dead silent like that, it's just radio silence, um, it's okay. I'm probably taking a moment, um, and if you guys are watching, it's no lag what a, what it's whatsoever. Um, today, I have decided that I'm going to talk about my testimony today. Um, I think it's a, I think I should have probably done it. We've already had the channel and the podcast out for a month, so... Yay, we have 41 subs. I'm really grateful for all of you guys who tune in to Peyton and Ministries. Um, so yeah, let's get on with this. Um, I have quite a lot to talk about when it comes to my entire, um, my entire testimony. Um, I have my uh, phone right here. So if I'm looking over here, it's not like I'm distracted by a text message or anything like that. Um, it's me trying to read off of my notes. I have like, like maybe four or five pages, so I thought it would be good to start this channel off somewhat early with it, my testimony. And um, something I'll mention again at the end is, of course, this isn't over. Uh, nobody's testimony is really over until they die. Um... And, you know, I, I've been through a lot already, um, lots of good, lots of bad, um, so I thought I would uh, share that all with you. Um, I hope you guys have already seen my first ever vlog of the Rhythm Night stuff. Um, I think I'm going to do one each Rhythm Night. Uh, I really love Rhythm Night, and I want to share that with you guys, and, uh, give you guys my takes from the sermon, link that sermon down below, talk to some people, whatever that may look like, if we're just going around and socializing, or if I'm asking people, what did you guys like about worship in the sermon, um, so, I'm trying to get better at that, definitely, I saw sometimes on the camera, like, I wasn't even in the full view, or the subject talking wasn't even in the full view, so I'm sorry about that, but, getting to my testimony, <clears throat> the important reason that you guys are here today is to hear about that. So I need to unplug my phone because my charger does not reach over here. Um, so before I was born, my parents had learned that I had a uh, infection. I was in, diagnosed with something called an umphalocy. And what this means is I had a defective abdomen and muscles. Uh, my abdomen and muscles were very much so defected. And this made my intestine, and this is going to sound really gross, but my intestines and such down there literally at birth came out of me in a like transparent sack. And I know you might think to yourself, you got to be joking. You have to be joking. This cannot be real. This sounds like the plot of a sci-fi horror movie that some dude just bursts open, kind of like an alien. No, that's actually a reality, and it's a very rare reality. Um, so, it's really weird. 
really rare. Um, and because of this, I'll get to it a little later, um, I have a very massive scar. I don't have a normal stomach like any other dude does. Um, I got a scar. It doesn't, it looks horrifying to some people and fascinating to others. And some other people aren't bothered by it at all. <clears throat> so that's that. Um, I was expected to die either before birth, at birth, or at least a month after. So, by that result, the greedy doctors in Los Angeles, California, tried their very best to convince my parents to abort me, because in their eyes, the doctors saw my life as worthless. Um, I was already dead to them. They didn't believe in miracles. They're not the ones to believe in miracles. They don't believe in God. They believe in science. Most of them. Most of them believe in science and not God. Um, and so they advocated for my abortion and justified this by telling my parents that they would try to manipulate them, saying, you wouldn't want a dead child in a month, would you? Having a bond with your child and then, boom, child's dead. You wouldn't want that, would you? And I know that sounds really uh, despicable and evil to you guys, uh, but I hate to break it to you. That's told to a lot of families. Now, my parents fought this, and they fought it like they were fighting hell and every demon in hell. It's about what it, how much they fought, how hard they fought. They had faith in my life that God would help them and help me and God delivered now 16 years old sitting here on what is it Thursday morning telling you my testimony so they they fought for a great cause and God delivered and the faith um, we saw mountains being moved um According to the LA doctors, I should have been dead 16 years ago or 15 years ago in 11 months. So, you know, we, we defeated the, what was said to happen. Now, most of my family did have faith that I would be alive and well. Um, I will say all odds were against us. Um, you see... They were against my parents quite heavily. Um, my parents were in the greatest financial season, and medical bills, as you might know, are very, very pricey. And it gets very pricey when you have about 14 surgeries being done. Now, I can't remember the exact amount of surgeries, but let me tell you, it, it was multiple. And it was, I think, in a range of at least 8 to 12 surgeries. I had a lot of surgeries at birth, okay? Um... Now, on top of all this, my dad got fired from his job, and he got fired by his own father. My dad didn't do anything unethical, wasn't slacking off, nothing like that. Instead, my dad actually stood up to his father and said, I'm not going to do illegal business matters. Um, and even in that moment, my dad told his father, if you fire me, this could have an effect on your future grandson, my son, and if he can live or not, because you need you need the money for the surgery. 
And if I didn't have those surgeries, I would definitely not be here. He didn't care. My dad's dad did not care. But God did provide. He provided and the bills were paid. Um, growing up, I was always surrounded by God and religious principles. That, you know, I would go to Sunday school sometimes. Um, you know, I went to three different churches in my life to date. Um, I grew up in a small church at first, and then the biggest season of my life, um, I guess the most time in my life, uh, I grew up in a uh, what I thought was a mega church. <laughs> what I thought was a mega church. It was the biggest church, uh, non-denominational church in the place in California that I went to, and it was very nice. It was very modern church. Um, modern meaning, you know, like the building's a lot more modern. Um, Everybody dresses a lot more modern. They don't got to, like, dress up in a suit. Like, you can show up in a suit if you want. You can do business, casual, business, professional, whatever. Um, and then I want to say in fourth grade, I was at an Easter service, and they gave an altar call. And I could, I could understand what the pastor was saying. And this was a rare thing for my church. My church never did altar call. Ever. And I felt like I needed to go up there. So I asked my dad to walk me up there, and he did, and my mom did as well. Um, and I went up there, and I got saved that day. Now, in school, especially elementary school, I was bullied. I'm sure a lot of you were too. Um, I think everybody is bullied, no matter if it's at school or at home. Um, everybody has been bullied. Um, and I was bullied for various reasons. Um, I think that did actually have a factor of why I turned to God, because I was experiencing such pain um, at school. School was a place that I hated. I didn't want to go. I was bored in school, first of all, by work, and the social aspect of it was very not great for me, at least in elementary school. Uh, but once I was saved, I actually didn't really know how to walk a Christian life. And even though it was modeled for me, I was still confused, and I didn't ask questions. And the bullying at school grew worse and worse. I became very hateful and vengeful and depressed um, over time. But one day, I want to say I was in fifth or sixth grade. I'm, I'm thinking I was in fifth grade. I was with my grandma and grandpa. Or actually, my grandpa was working, and at this time, I didn't need to mention my grandma had remarried. Um, so, my grandpa actually loved me. But anyways, my my grandpa actually was at work. He he works in the oil fields, and so he had to take a night shift. Um, and my parents were on a business trip, and my grandma took me, my brother, my great grandparents, and my uncle and aunt to a Zach Williams concert. Now, Zach Williams is a great Christian artist. And, um, when we went to this concert, he was starting out. He had one album out. It was, it was good. It had a hit song, Chainbreaker, which is also the title of the album. I'll link it down below, but trust me, we're going to do an album review on that, not this Wednesday, but probably next Wednesday. Now, when I had heard that we were going to a Christian concert, I was really disappointed. I didn't want to go. I mean, I was already in a dark place. Why would I want to go to this worship concert? I already thought worship music was super tacky and stupid, and I 
and annoying. And, you know, he sang the entire album that night. And it, the entire album's theme is about breaking chains, redemption, and everything like that. Now, there wasn't an ultra call, there wasn't anything like that, but I'll tell you, I rededicated myself that night. I, uh, yeah, I, I did. Um, I was so far from God that I had to. I felt like I had to, so I did. Um, and surprisingly enough, uh, that night, you know, I asked my grandma, hey, can you go buy me this um, hat? And I think she was surprised maybe that I wore this hat um, because she saw that I was annoyed that me and my brother weren't. Um, I think my brother was. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I was annoyed prior to this to go there. Uh, and then, you know, the next week I got myself a Bible. Uh, or actually, my parents got me the Bible, but with my own money, I got something. I actually got two things. I got his CD, Chainbreaker, which I still have to stay. And even if there's no CD players, I'll still keep it because it's special to me. And I believe my brother bought this one. But it was something that I played a lot. The Newsboys live in concert, God's Not Dead, which is probably their best, most popular album. But... Never in a hundred years would have I thought that I would buy CDs from a Christian artist. And I did. And I got the Bible and everything, so it was all well. Now, middle school was really fun for me. And middle school actually started in fifth grade. I know it's really weird for a lot of you guys. It starts in seventh grade, but it started in fifth grade for me. Which is very bizarre. I have a really weird experience with school. I've, I've been to a lot of schools. And you're going to hear about some of them. Um, middle school is really fun for me. You know, a lot of people don't like middle school. And I don't understand. Like, I understand it. But I got to go to a very uh, small school that in some ways made it feel like a family. Like your friends were your family in a way. Because you knew every single person on the site. Everybody in your grade in your class grade, you knew. You would have them in multiple classes, and you just knew them all. Um, of course, I got caught up in a lot of worldly things. Uh, my friends were very much so teenage guys. Um, honestly, everybody I hung out with um, was very much so vulgar, and um, definitely out there. When you picture a secular school, picture probably not the worst environment but a pretty secular environment and that's who I hung out with um I was definitely sucked back into worldly things um and you know I didn't really fight it I kind of just went with the flow and I hung out with my friends and that was life now at this time I was actually at a church youth group um you see in fifth grade my dad made me go to youth group and I didn't want to because I I didn't want to meet people. Now, first of all, this was a pool party. And I am very insecure about 
myself, my physical image. So, like, if you invite me to a pool party, not going to lose. This might play into the factor of why I don't care for the beach so much. Like, I love the mountains, the beach, you know, it's cool, whatever. Um, might play into that factor. But, you know, with this, um, I just didn't want to go. And yes, I could wear a shirt and all that. And I did. And I didn't even get in the pool. But I was thankful I went to this event because I actually met two guys, Zeke and Timothy. And uh, Zeke, you know, he was a guy who uh, was saved. He was a really cool guy. And Timothy was trying to, um, I think his parents forced him to go to church events. So, we, you know, he's that guy. He was very funny. He's like a class clown. He reminded me of the people I hung out with at school. Um, and I grew up in this youth ministry for the majority of my life so far. Um, and over the years, our group did expand. We matured. Not a whole lot. We didn't mature a whole lot. Um, some of us didn't mature. Others of us did. Um, but as a group, we did mature in some areas. Now... What had happened is we welcomed a lot of girls in because Timothy was, I guess you could say, a ladies man in some regard. Um, you see, Timothy was that type of guy who had 15 girlfriends in a year. Um, so these were the people I was hanging out with at church youth group because they were uh, the biggest group and the group that I knew from the beginning. And I didn't want to leave them. Now, in sixth grade, I went to summer camp, and uh, I was really scared to do so, and you know what? It was five days long, and I had a good time, and the biggest thing that happened was I left my friends. I left Zeke, Tim, all of them. I left them because I felt like a third wheel. The entire time, they were just hitting on their girlfriends, making out, whatever. Now, thankfully for me, I actually saw three guys from my school, but there was a problem. You see, these three guys from my school were the guys that I didn't associate with because I wasn't welcomed into their friend circles. What I mean by this is I was not a cool kid, okay? I, I just wasn't. Um, and these guys, um, these guys were actually kind enough to let me into their group, one of the guys in particular. The two other guys, I think, were on edge the entire time, or most of the time, um, but they ended up acting real friendly. And it was them three and me that were in uh, rising seventh graders, so sixth graders going into seventh, and then the rest of the group was eighth graders. And I'm going to try to show some pictures of some of these events. If I can't find them, I'm sorry. Um, some of these pictures are lost very very much so lost and i haven't saved them over the years but um, i was there with all of them and i met some great people there now when i came back to school and seventh grade happened i went from a not so popular kid to a popular kid and i ended up leaving a lot of my friends which i i regret um in some regards i left them because I went to summer camp with these guys, and I ended up rolling with these guys. So I would sit at the cool kid table, whatever, 
roll with them throughout the entire year and everything like that. I was changing myself and I was growing further and further from God every single day. Then I remember it like it was yesterday. One day I went to a uh, my very first party. Um, it wasn't anything crazy, believe me, it really wasn't. Uh, but still, I was at a party with the cool kids. And I came home and I see the TV and it's President Donald J. Trump giving a message about how the nation is going to shut down because of the coronavirus. COVID-19. It hit, and like many others, my world was turned upside down. I went from a nobody this entire time throughout school, and the thing that I cared about the most at the time, trying to be popular and trying to fit in, and I finally achieved this, and it's there for, I guess, six months of school? I don't, I don't know. Wait, no, not six months. I don't know, maybe six months, and then it's all taken away. The world was shut down. There was darkness. Everything was crumbling. Sometime after this, George Floyd did pass away. And this is very important because my church that I had attended in the youth ministry decided to preach politics on a Sunday. You see, they didn't want to talk about God. Instead, they wanted to preach politics from the altar. And this was a learning moment for myself and my brother. My parents told us no matter what a church preaches, politically speaking, I don't care if it's left-leaning, right-leaning, center, anything political preached on a Sunday, that's not a good church. It's a terrible church. And I'll tell you why. Church is not for politics. It's not for anything besides God. You only talk about God in church, you know. Um, of course, make references, whatever, in your sermons. Have fun with that. But don't be preaching political ideology, right? You should be preaching actual truth, the word of God, to your congregation. Not trying to sway them to the left. And this is the right. Okay, my my left is your right. To the right or the left. You know, you don't want to be swaying them anyway, anyway politically, anyway, and any of that type of stuff. So we left the church, and it was you know it was a darker season. Um, you know, it's the middle of 2020, COVID is hit, or actually, I guess, early on, because he passed away early on, so it's early in 2020, uh, COVID, you know, it's going on, we're hoping it's going to stop, and I live in California, and if you guys know a lot about California, pandemic didn't really stop until like 2022, yeah, late 2021, early 2022 is when the pandemic stopped. So, for us, it was very much so the early days of COVID. And I don't know how your experience was with COVID, but mine was very slow, dark, depressing days. And, of course, I had my friends that, on the, you know, gaming, out game with them, but it wasn't the same. Now, all I saw around me was destruction, death, no God. I felt very distant from God. I didn't read my Bible. If I did, I, I was not actually reading it. Um, I was like a zombie. I was lifeless. I was just there flipping the pages. My eyes were scrolling across the pages, but was I actually reading? No. No, I wasn't. Um, and I'll be honest, I fell into traps uh, by the devil. Um, I was addicted to pornography. I became very depressed. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. 
I wanted nothing more than to die because there was no end in sight. I was in a cycle of self-perpetual hatred towards myself, um, hatred towards others. Life was not well. The person you see right now was not the person in 2020 wanting to kill themselves and just going through the motions. But then my parents decided they weren't going to put me back in public school because the public school that I went to, they didn't know how to teach during COVID. None of the schools did. So I got placed into a school that my parents knew because my mom was in a health program and actually working for a company at the time that one of the higher-ups in the company was a founder or a co-founder of this school called Valor Global Online, VGO. And it's a Christian school. And I met some amazing people. I met great friends, teachers who now are friends of mine, stuff left that school. Um, and our school had a chaplain who's my, he's, he's the one that I keep in contact with the most out of anybody from that school. And he's a great guy. I hope to have him on the podcast someday. Now I got to learn how to cook. I got to learn how to do creative writing. And that is something I will always be grateful for because it, like, this school helped me discover a lot about what I want to do in life and what I want to do as a person. I got to learn about photography, how to do photography, videography, um, cooking, like I've already said. I like to cook. On occasion, I will cook, um, you know, whether it's something simple like grilled cheese ramen that you don't actually have to cook, or something like risotto, which I can't really make because you got to have wine and I'm not 21 to go and buy it. Um, but anyways, you know, this school really did open up my eyes and it helped me quite a bit. And I went to this thing in 2021, my first ever retreat. Um, and this was kind of like, it was in January, 2021. So it was like a winter camp. And I went there and I, I saw a breakthrough. Um, now I realized I had friends that actually loved me for who I was and weren't going to abandon me. And I had a great time then. And then something happened. You see, there's this thing called 75 Hard, and I'm not going to break it down for you guys. I will say, encourage you to do it if you want, but you don't have to. And in this thing, 75 Hard, there is a podcast that the guy has made. And my mom was doing this 75 Hard, and she was listening to the podcast, and she didn't really like the podcast guy's very vulgar you know he's very um he's not really speaking super duper uplifting messages it's more like um it's it's uplifting in the harshest manner which you know sometimes hard tough love and tough motivation like that that's great it's great but it's not great on a day-to-day -day basis so she started listening to bishop tv jinx and one of the sermons popped up and it was an interesting one there's, a, there's this guy on there, there's Bishop T.D. Jake sitting with this guy named Pastor Stephen Furtick. And my mom didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. And, you know, we hadn't been plugged into a church for a very long time. And sometime early on in 2021, my mom had started listening to his sermons and listened to every single one of his sermons to date on Spotify. So that's like back to 2018 um, to 2021 and we ended up sitting around the couch one day or sitting around the TV 
one Sunday and we watched church at home. And it was, you know, weird, you know, because, I mean, we had already watched church before we left our other church, but it was interesting. And these sermons were an hour long. And at the beginning, I was like, are, are you serious? I don't, I don't want to be sitting here for an hour. But Pastor Stephen, he, his sermons spoke to my family in a lot of different ways. He teaches the Bible and he taught the Bible and he still does to this day in such a way that is so inspiring and so interesting. Um, he would be able to connect things from the New Testament to the Old Testament, like five different books getting to get connected. And he would show us this big old picture and we loved his sermons. So we started praying and praying about moving to North Carolina because my mom actually brought it up. And I was surprised. I was like, you really want to move out of state finally? I, I mean, I wanted to move out of state forever. And, you know, when I heard North Carolina, I was like, what, what state is that? Because I'll be honest, <laughs> prior to like two years ago, I wasn't really keen on all the geography stuff and I didn't know where all the states were. But um, yeah, I looked up North Carolina and found out it was a real state. Elevation is there. And we prayed about it and we got a yes. And we wanted to be obedient and move it immediately. So we didn't. And we actually invited our uh, family over to come over. My grandparents, both sets, to come over. And they were very, very, very... Um, they knew it was weird because we all sat there. Me and my brother were excited about this. We were excited about moving out of state. My dad was too and my mom. But we all had to act normal. And let me tell you, this family gathering was nothing but normal. It was in the middle of the day, in the like, beginning of summer, beginning of summer of 2021. We have both my grandparents over, and we made them some stuff. And we're all sitting in our living room around the TV. And we bring up the site on Willow and show them the house. And they didn't take so well to Understandably. And so it was really hard. Family didn't take it well, all the other people in our family. Moving and selling was very difficult. It was a very difficult season in 2020. But the final thing I got to do before I left is I still went to the church, the youth group. Um, even though we had left the main church, my dad wanted me to be plugged into the youth group. And when my brother was able to be plugged in, he got plugged in. And it was my final time and I took my cousin. And I was given the honor and privilege to lead him through a prayer of salvation and i'm very thankful that i went that night now we got to north carolina things were very very hard we couldn't even move into our house for two months so we were living in airbnbs but in august of 2021 i went to the first ever rhythm night that i've ever been to i went to my first one and it was just great you know i got to meet my e-group leader at the time I got to meet some of the guy. Well, actually, no, I didn't actually meet any of uh, friends. Instead, I met um, an intern at the time who was a good buddy of mine. Before he moved off to college, I met both of our youth pastors, our head youth pastor, Pastor Tim and Pastor John. And I got to say hi to them, meet them, and created some good relationships there uh, between myself and John. Um, primarily, and myself and the intern named Chris. 
created some great relationships. And uh, I got plugged in with this e-group. You know, they they were the best guys. You guys, you guys know about my podcast, Anycast, and have been listening to that and listening in the past. That's how I met Josh. That's how I met Isaiah. That's how I met Weston. It's how I met my friends. And at this time, I was still in online school. Um, but summer came around, and summer of 2022 came around. And it was all good until UFX. Summer was really hard, fall as well in 2022. I had a rough year uh, in 2022. And UFX 22 rolls around, and it's our summer camp. And I go, I'm excited. I invited my friends from out of state. I'm really excited. And I get there, and I have a terrible time. I have a really bad time because my friends ditched me. They went for their girlfriends. They ditched me. I didn't have anybody to lean on. I was just really, really stressed in life, actually, because my friend was probably going to leave the country. Um, Not to his uh, will. He was going to get deported. And on top of all this, the girl I was trying to pursue, uh, she had a boyfriend. So... You know, a lot of bad things. Some far worse than others. Uh, the one that really hurt me the most was my friend leaving me, and then my my friend leaving me for the girls, and then my friend having me get deported. Because you see, the next day when I got home, I had COVID, and I wanted to go to church on Sunday. I couldn't. I didn't recover in time. And it was really bad. My friends got deported. Life fell apart. My group leader walked out on us. Um, a lot of people walked out. Uh, friends were leaving. We left our group fractured. Everything like that. And in the midst of all this, I went back to in-person school for the first time. High school. For the very first time since 2020, I went back to school. In my sophomore year. High school. At Parkland. And... It was hard. You know, 2022, though, I will say it did have some good stuff. Uh, I got to start serving at church, which I am eternally grateful for. In the fall, I transitioned into a new team called Connections. I started out on a youth team. But then I got to go into Connections, and in many ways, Connections has been like a family to me. We create a family atmosphere. We're there for each other. We strengthen each other. It's a great, great community. And Connections is basically like a welcoming team at your local church. I then joined student leadership, and I am really happy about that. It's kind of funny. I applied for it, and then I remember sitting in this chair about a year ago. Um, yeah, about a year ago. And I get on the Zoom, and I'm face-to-face with the boss lady herself, our brilliant leader, Gina, and I'm scared the entire time throughout the interview. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting interviewed by the one who's going to be teaching us, Gina. I'm like, oh no. And so I'm trying to go through the interview, and I was so scared (laughs) because I hadn't been interviewed in my life. You see, that summer in 2022, I got a job from a friend, okay, 
So I didn't get interviewed for that job. Um, so this was my first interview, and I'm freaking out the entire time. And I'm answering the questions honestly. You know, we get to the end of it. And Gina's like, well, I shouldn't really do this, but you know what? Congratulations, you're in. And I was very, very thankful. I was very awkward on the interview. Now I'm not so awkward around her at all. Um, we've become friends. Um, but I'm grateful for that student leadership because I learned how to be a leader. I met amazing friends that I have to this day. Um, and I don't think we'll really ever leave me. I ought to become more involved in my church. I even joined or started a church club at my school. Uh, my church launched, some, launched something called My Clubs, and I started it. And I'm the first My Club leader at Elevation. So it was really, there were good things in the midst of all the dark things. And then this year happened. I went to this little thing called Leader Advance, which is like, it's for youth leaders um, to learn about how to disciple their youth. And so we student leaders provide for the youth leaders. We serve them. We put on the whole show, the entire event. And it's just a really fun event. I got to be a part of a choir with Elevation Rhythm. And it was just awesome. Getting to meet um, some of the singers on the worship leaders on Elevation Rhythm. Um, and in that small choir, getting to form better bonds with some friends. One in particular, uh, Jackson, if you're watching, um, I got to bond with you uh, throughout student leadership and especially at Leader Advance. Um, and also I got to do a discussion group. I'll link that one down below. Um, I had to be on a rhythm night discussion group and talk to the youth ministry just a bit um, about some very real things. Um, and I also graduated student leadership. And best of all, YouthX23, which is what I'm going to talk about. Now, initially I wanted to go to YouthX23. It was announced around this time last year that we were going to Florida. So, Orlando, Florida. So clearly the hype had been built. We were all looking forward to this. This was going to be the biggest event of the summer. And possibly, for a lot of us, our lives up to that point. The biggest summer camp ever. And then I didn't want Why? Well, because of the pain I felt from Youth X-22. But I ended up going. And, you know, I get there early in the morning, get on that bus, and I'm like, all right, we're going through it. And on that bus ride, I got to bond with some cool dude, um, my friend James. I got to bond with some cool leaders, a youth pastor from Arizona who actually pastored my youth pastor. I got to connect with him. And, you know, I, throughout that eight-hour bus ride, I, I, I entertained myself well, talking to some people, bonding with them. And then, um, oh, I guess I did forget. I forgot to mention I did live a double life somehow. Um, I'm not going to disclose how, but I fell into my old ways, um, between like the end of student leadership and July, up until I went to UX. So I was fighting a lot of things. I was very broken, very distant from God, even though I was in ministry, uh, stuff like serving in ministry, still very distant. I felt distant and I had a great time at UX 23. I had... Great time with my e-group, met some great guys, uh, really just got to grow. And on a second night, our pastor, Pastor Steve Burdick, preached about a Leviathan. It's a little thing called Leviathan. It's an evil thing 
most people <clears throat> most people look at it as sea serpent. Um, he told us don't look at it as sea, sea serpent, even though it's described that way. Look at it as something that is pulling you to the depths um, and just sinking. So I looked at it like that, and they gave an altar call, and I walked up there to rededicate my life. Because it was deeply needed, and my friend went up there with me to help, so that was nice. Uh, also Jackson, so thank you. Um, and then the next morning, I heard a message that will never leave me. You see, it was something that I never really seen at a church. The pastor gave an altar call for vocational ministry, which means what I'm doing now, pastor be a pastor. Now in 2022, I mentioned it a little bit, I started AnyCast. Started that as a podcast just about two, two to three months later, I started it as a YouTube channel and I did a little bit of talking about religion, but I didn't want to go so public. Like I talked about it, but I also altered myself from actually talking about how I felt about it. And, you know, I felt called to ministry in the past. I had conversations with leaders I felt led to it, I prayed about it, and I was getting a yes, but ultimately the devil convinced me to not do anything, not do anything with ministry, not go forward with it. And then, you know, I went up there, and I knew I had to go up there, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I went up there, and people prayed over me, um, I went up there with great friends that I know, uh, Familiar faces were all around um, answering the call to vocational ministry. And it was just great. When I got back home, of course, I was exhausted. So, like, more like the second day home, um, I got back and I was like, you know what? I have to start. I cannot wait. So, I made this. I made this as a YouTube channel and podcast. Um, I actually got to speak about this at a youth night. And I'll tell you a little bit what I told them. I told them this. When I got home, I did not sit around. I didn't want to sit around and wait for some fancy degree from a nice college that said I could go and build a ministry in a church and preach. So, I was going to be obedient, walk into what God had called me to do, and that's the end of my testimony. Here we are today, and I'm living that out with you guys. Um, so, yeah, you know. That's that's that. Um, I will say, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was, ooh, this was definitely the longest podcast we've done. Um, didn't didn't mean for that to happen, but if you guys sat through the whole thing, if you guys listened to the whole thing, um, thank you. I try to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter. Um, over the years, I'm sure my sermons would get longer. Um, but you know, thank you for listening to me about my testimony. Um. I would be, I would have done the album review of Chainbreaker this week, but Phil Wickham has a new album coming out, and I really want to review that this week. So Phil Wickham's album this Wednesday, we're gonna review it. Um, we still got Saturday specials going on, mostly from any cast. In the next coming weeks, you're gonna see a lot of them from any cast where I sit down with people and interview them, uh, and just repurpose for this podcast because I want to share them over here. Um, but yeah, that's what that's that. Um, thank you guys for listening. Next week we're gonna have that um Chainbreaker album review, and I have no idea what I'm doing on Sunday, but I'm sure I'm gonna prepare a message for you guys. 
and I am trying to get new interviews. I really am. In fact, I'm actually helping a friend build his own ministry podcast. So you should see a lot of collaborations with that guy in the coming uh, months. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Um, I love you all, and Godspeed.